Please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be taken as personal financial advice. And if you are seeking financial advice, reach out as we work with professionals in the industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast. I'm joined here by fellow co-founder of the Bible, Oscar. Mate, how have you been? Good to be back once again, Zeke. Good to see you, as I've seen you every day this week, as every week goes, really. Um, It's a bit like that now. (laughs) Um, Lockdown's coming to an end. We're pretty busy at work, and it gives us the opportunity to come in and get these done a bit more frequently. So Yeah, this week in particular, though. Not sure about you, but I found it has been a pretty busy week, not just work-wise, but a bit of everything. Um, From the Bible point of view, we've looked at getting as many new guests as possible for our listeners so that's very exciting we've been filtering through all the different topics and the specialists within those industries and the topics which we think well hence why we're getting them on the podcast it's going to be very beneficial for everyone so exciting times ahead guys in the coming up within this year we're going to have one of the most well-known finance podcasters in the world jumping on so that's going to be very exciting we've also got uh, just a, a casual guest, just another fellow human being, young, <laughs> human being, young person out there wanting to jump on, wanting to share their opinion. I think, and their I think the word the word is someone who is relatable to our listeners. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so someone who is in the same situation as every single listener we have, and just talking about his experience and you know what he was brought up in the school system with the knowledge of finances and. You know, just kind of get a better idea of, you know, the typical person out there and how this podcast can actually help all of you. Yeah, it may not be relatable to every single person, but a lot of our audience we think this person will fit well with. And, you know, we'll ask them a few questions like uh, what they learned in school, what they didn't, what they wish they did. And then we'll jump into direct questioning and uh, a bit more about finance. And hopefully you guys get a bit out of that. And that, going back on that other know booking we've got with the one of the most well-known financial podcasters in the world he's american i believe is that correct international guest we know he's american international Uh, guest yeah we're we're going worldwide like pitbull (laughs) so that's look two very exciting guests booked in at the moment but we're going to keep the rest a secret for the next uh, couple months mate without further ado what is this week's podcast on etfs and what they are, certain ones that we're following and we recommend to each other. Uh, well, mate, I guess before we throw it over to you, because I know you're a big ETF lover and you've got a, a bit of a portfolio as myself, as like myself with your ETFs, um, I'll first you kind of just explain for listeners out there who aren't necessarily sure of what an ETF is. So first, an ETF, um, especially when you're you know, trading stocks on Comsec, NabTrade, whatever it is you trade your stocks on, An ETF, um, the example of it is, or the definition, is a basket of securities, shares of which are sold on an exchange. So this means basically an ETF is a group of individual companies in one share. So instead of investing in one particular company such as Tesla, for example, you know, if you invest in the NASDAQ, for example, which is another ETF, you'll get Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, all these you know technology companies under the one share so your portfolio is actually diverse into a lot of different companies so for example if one company has a bad week or a bad month or a bad year 
that company, it's safe to say, is going to drop in the price. But the other companies invested in that ETF, it's going to balance it out. So it's a, we like to say you know, investments, we can't really say investments are safe, but ETFs are probably the safe, safer investments. On the stock market anyway. So yeah, Oscar, you, you've explained it well there. So basically, you know, uh, an ETF is going to be one uh, fund which invests in multiple shares. So, you know, it might have, uh, as Oscar said, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Google, all of these big companies, Facebook and all of that. And it'll invest in all of them, a portion of the money. You invest in the fund, the fund does the investing. And then for you to lose money on that or for the market to crash or you that fund to go down, a majority of those shares have to go down. Hence how we say it's a bit safer. And a lot of people are investing into this, which invest in all the different companies, and yeah. it's a wider diversification tool. And for all those crypto fan- fanatics out there, um, good news is that we've heard on the grapevine is the ASX is actually releasing um, quite soon a ETF containing cryptocurrencies. Yeah, so that's a big. That's a fifty cryptos. Yeah, I think it's fifty. Um, it's a big thing in the market. Like that's going to be massive. Yeah. So. That'll be good for Always, this is not financial advice, but it is something to keep your eye on. And if you're holding crypto personally, or at least one of the top 50, this could be a really good opportunity where those might go up through sophisticated investors or beginner investors in the ASX actually jumping on that ETF and boosting the, yeah. the crypto market. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people are scared and reluctant to actually invest in crypto because like we said, it is an extremely volatile market. But if you invest in, say, the crypto ETF, firstly, that reduces the volatility that crypto normally allows, um, and you have a bit of cushioning. So ETFs, investing as a whole isn't the safest thing, but within investing, ETFs are the safer option. Yeah, well said, mate. Now let's jump into the actual ETF part of the podcast and different ETFs that we're actually uh, actively recommending to each other or jumping into and investing in ourselves. Yeah, or just following on the market every day. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with some American ones and then we'll jump into more into the ASX and ones that are listed in Australia. Now, even though they're listed in America, they're still really easy to get on. So you can go on a product like IG, for example, which is a brokerage platform, a trading platform, and you just search them. You pay like an $8 transaction fee each time you invest. Um, that's for Australian shares. If they're on the American, the NASDAQ, then you don't actually have to pay a fee. Yeah, I do the my NASDAQ investing through Compocket. You're aware of Compocket. It's, you know, Comsec's little brother or sister in a way. Um, for people who are starting out investing, that's kind of what I got into for my first investment was actually an ETF, the NASDAQ. So there's actually no minimum requirement um, or minimum balance needed for Comsec Pocket. So if you want to download the app, just um, yeah, put as much or as little as you want into a share. Um, and yeah, it's safe because generally normal shares, the minimum in Australia is $500 you got to pay. But Comsec Pocket is, you know, as little or as much as you want. And I think it's a $2 transaction fee um, for each investment on Comsec Pocket. Probably read the PDS before you do anything, obviously, but... Um from our experience, that's what it is. Yeah. IG, I think it's a minimum $450 deposit to the actual platform. 
And then for each share investment, I think it's $100 minimum uh, with the $8 transaction fee on the ASX, no transaction fee for the NASDAQ. Um, anywhere else I don't know off the top of my head. And it may have even changed since I last checked the PDS. So, Yeah. Mate, how do you generally you know, find a good ETF to invest in? Is this through research, reading? What do you, you know, how do you actually find these? Any share or ETF or anything in general that I'm investing my own money into, I'm obviously going to do the research myself. Yeah. Unless I know someone else who is actively investing into it, then I may follow their advice pending they've done the research. But on that, a big note and a big thing to think about when you're investing is, is whoever that's telling you what to do, are they actually doing the same thing? Because if they're not, there's probably a reason they're not. And that's, that was going to be my other point. Everyone, there's always a expert tipster. You know, Melbourne Cup or the racing, everyone apparently during that week is an expert in punting. It's like this with investing. You know, people tell you this tip, oh, this is going to go up over time, get in this now. Like Zeg said, you know, are they really investing it themselves or do they have, you know, something invested into it which is personal to them? Yeah, are you going to buy a property from someone who's never bought property before? Yeah, so look, definitely do your research all the time. Like, when I would be, whenever I look into stocks or ETFs, I have a few different websites and subscriptions um, to different uh, platforms. So I use those websites. We can we'll pop a few different ones in a link in this actual podcast, just so everyone can have a look at Motley Fool, for an example. Yeah, that's Motley a great Fool. great website. Um, just gives you bit of an understanding and shows you the risk as well for each investment and what they kind of think growth you know um, dividends all that so research is key with everything you do yeah motley fool does a free newsletter too you've got simply wall street you can have a look at and they've got a good app uh, as well this good old simply wall simply street wall street's great they do in-depth breakdowns on um, each stock so you can follow that read about what they do and all of their ratios and stuff if you're into that you can actually go on the Homsec app and look at the market updates or go on the websites and look at the market updates, look at their financials and all of that. Yeah, and um, there's also, for everyone who's in Melbourne, when I was in Melbourne in the newspaper in the Herald Sun, every Saturday, I believe, there's actually a bit in the finance part of the Herald Sun which actually shows you seven different stockbrokers and their tips for buy, sell or hold of the week. Obviously, they're experienced and they're going to give you what they think. But like I said, do the research. But look, if you look at that, it's a good way to get involved with a particular co company. But yeah, definitely read into it a bit more. Yeah, and a couple more to mention. Uh, Morningstar and a really good one actually is Yahoo Finance. I thought Yahoo went off the face of this earth about 10 years ago, but they've got their own financing now. It's actually pretty good. Well, we need to find a platform for our listeners in Greece because we have found that there's a few different... Listeners yeah, from Greece. Do, <laughs> yeah, and we Mexico. Um, to you. Yeah, shout out to the Mexicans yeah, listening the, there. Um, the Greeks. out there. What else have we got? We've got a couple from India. Yeah, we got a few in. Don't know how we got off track here, but there we go. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> All right, um, let's get back on track like Raj said a couple of weeks ago, back on the turbulence. you got to get back on track. Yeah, get back in that Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, one I'm following from overseas, that is, on the New York Stock Exchange, is actually IGM. Yep. Now that's an iShares. Uh, now that's an iShares ETF, and iShares will probably come up a bit more because they're a really big ETF provider across the world at the moment, and they provide relatively good ETFs for people to jump on. 
Now, this one in particular, it goes into the expanded tech sector. All of your big tech companies around the world, uh, they are pretty much throwing their money into. Now, that one over the last five years has returned about 260%, which is over 50% a year. You'd be a happy man. And the average um, of the NASDAQ, for example, is 9% per year. Yeah. So if you can outperform that by 41% per year... Happy days. It's great. You're going to be absolutely laughing. Yeah. And that all comes down to research at the end of the day. Yeah, that's one of the only overseas ETFs I'm actively investing in that's not listed on the ASX. So let's jump into the ASX. Well, before we do that, mate, how do you invest into that ETF? What platform do you use? I'm currently actually using IG, but I do know that there's a good one that you like to use for your overseas investing, mate. I've been a big follower of stake.com for quite a while now, Zeke. The platform is very beneficial as one of the key drivers is $0 brokerage fees. Mate, the brokerage fees on stake.com are absolutely brilliant. So they'll hit you with $0, Comsec, $20, NAB, $11.59, Selfwealth, $9.50, IG, $8. And other companies charge more than that. And it doesn't stop there. For the foreign exchange traders out there, stake charge 0% for your foreign exchange trade. That is 0%. Compared to other brokerage platforms like Comsec, charging 0.6%, as well as NAB, up to 0.8%, stake is the place to be. Now, jumping into the ASX listed shares, the first one I'm going to touch on is actually a beta shares one. Now, the ASX code is HACK, H-A-C-K. So, beta shares global cybersecurity ETF. So, pretty self-explanatory. They invest in cybersecurity stock. Over the last five years, they're returning about 100%, 20% per year. Again, outperforming the ASX by quite a large margin, which over time will build up and help quite a lot. Oscar, what, uh, what's one that you want to touch on? Yeah, man, I'm invested or I continue to look at the Aussie Top 200. So the, the code is IOZ for anyone who wants to check it out. So basically, um, this fund itself gives people and investors exposure to around 200 of the largest companies on the ASX. So for example, some of the companies invested include CSL, BHP, Westpac, NAB, you know, your banks in Australia, so CBA, um, ANZ, also, you know, your Telstra, Woolworths, West Farmers, West Farmers, Macquarie Group, you know, everything you hear about in the Australian ASX, this uh, ETF is invested in it. Return-wise over the last year, it's around 28.1%. So it is pretty healthy, like you're going to get a bit of a nice return there. It's safe-ish, or it's a safer investment. Um, and over the last two years, you've returned 10.28% and three years, 9.75. So look, over the long run, you are still getting those returns. But for myself and the way I've looked at it, I think whatever I'm going to put in now, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years time, whenever I wish to take it out or just accumulate over time, I know for a fact that over time, it's going to go up. Yeah, and the funny thing is I, I did think they'd come back up. That's actually an iShares one as well. I, I did predict that well, that would come go. back up. Now, moving on to the next one is actually a Morningstar one. It's Morningstar Global Technology, which is, again, in the tech sector. And funnily enough, the code is tech, T-E-C-H. So that one on the, AS, on the ASX is another one that's returned over five years, a return of about 100%. So again... 20% returns, more than double the average. 
And same thing, you know, if you're in that one and you're in all of the others we've recommended, you're going to be well and truly outperforming or you would have previously outperformed the market fairly consistently and strongly. Now, let's move on to another one that we both actually follow. Oscar, jump into that one. Yeah, the beta shares NASDAQ. So the code for this one on the ASX is NDQ. In a whole, it's basically the top 100 tech or non-financial companies. So for example, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. So this is all invested in there. Um, and as everyone knows, technology is probably the one of the, the most successful and you know, largest companies in the world. So that's kind of where I've found this and I'm a big driver in the NASDAQ because I see technology as the biggest driver for everything. Now, in regards to returns, if you just compare it to what I was talking about before with IOS, the returns in this one is quite dramatic. So in the last year alone, it's returned 30.35%, which is, as we already know right now, is quite a lot and a nice return. Last three years, 26.89%. And for five years, 203%. That is incredible. That's 40% a year. 40% year on year for five years. Incredible. Which is... That's more than four times the actual average return, which yeah. means, you know, you're you're well and truly outperforming the market with that particular stock. Yeah, and li- like my the previous one I mentioned on, my mindset is invest when I'm young, keep dollar um, cost averaging over time, and when in 40 years time or whenever that is when I do want to take them out or pass them down, I know for a fact that from now till then they're going to continue to go up, go up, go up. And as everyone, you know, we're all looking into VR these days, virtual reality. You can just imagine this space, the technology space, and how it's going to evolve over time as well. I researched this, recommend everyone do their research. We're not giving any financial advice of what to actually invest in. But between Zeke and myself, these are what we are invested in and what we keep an eye out on. Correct. And that that return is simply from following uh, basically the top 100 companies listed on the NASDAQ. For it to be performing that well is just ridiculous. Now, the final one we want to touch on on the ASX is actually a Wilson Asset Management stock, which is interesting. I didn't actually expect that they were doing all that well, but uh, there's a couple of them that I do follow personally. And this one's actually the Wilson Asset Management Microcap um, ETF. So the code is WMI. Now, they obviously invest in undervalued uh, microcap stocks on the ASX, so a little bit more risky, um, but it fits into my portfolio well due to the other, I hate saying it, but the safer ETFs that we're invested in. Now, over the last few years, uh, if we go for, I think it's existed for about four years now. Uh, It started in June 2017 off the top of my head. So it's actually been going for about four years so that's uh, quite a while now, and it's returned 90% in the, in the four years. Now, in one year, it's returned uh, 42%, and if you had the opportunity to buy during the COVID crash, you'd be well and truly absolutely loving life. It'd be up over 100% uh, within 12 months or 14 months, however long it's been. And they also pay a dividend of about 3.74% fully frank. More gains for you. Yeah, look, looking into the dividends as well as... A great thing to look at too because 
some investors are different. So some people are in it for the long run, which is perfectly fine. I'm personally in it for the long run. And some people are just in it for the dividends and the returns. So depending on you know what category you are, if you want a dividend or your you know growth over time, different stocks may be better for you. As we've said about 30 times, do your research and find those particular stocks because on the research you do, you you will be told, you know, this one is in particular going to have a higher dividend than say stock number stock B, not stock number B, stock B. So yeah, do your research, and this is probably a great time to put in our disclaimer. Please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be taken as personal financial advice. And if you are seeking financial advice, reach out as we work with professionals in the industry. All right, guys. So next podcast, we're going to dive into it pretty intensely. It's going to be how to save years off your mortgage. So we're going to release this tomorrow as a bit of a special addition to the series. It's going to be around 10 minutes of just in-depth, straight to the point of how we can actually help you achieve that for you know, first home buyers who've got a 30-year mortgage around their neck, you know, families who are still paying off their home from 30 years ago. We're going to help you find different avenues to pay that off as quickly as possible. Yeah, as mentioned uh, last week, we were planning on releasing that one. Um, joined with this one, we ran a bit over, got a bit interested in the ETFs, so we're doing it as a bonus tomorrow. You'll get two podcasts this week. And on, on that note, not only will it be as I said last week, looking at uh, how to pay it off quicker, but is it the right thing to do? Can we take advantage of it? And is there better ways we can utilize the funds? So join us tomorrow for that one. Uh, and until then, until then, keep budgeting. Keep investing. And, and keep, keep listening. listening. Thank you. Ciao.